Good morning, everyone. It's the 13th of July, and I have with me today Nathan Sweeney, Asim Kadri, and Niall McDonnell. Nathan, if we start with the US and the US markets, we've seen a, quite a rapid pickup in COVID cases over in the US. How has that fed through into the market performance? So you're seeing a big spike in cases, particularly Florida at the moment and a lot of southern states. So if we look at the market performance last week, the market is actually positive in the face of this bad news in relation to this pickup in COVID cases. But you can see it's those companies that are expected to benefit from lockdown, which are actually doing quite well. So sectors such as consumer discretionary. So think Amazon was up, consumer discretionary was up 5% last week. Communication services. So we've got Netflix in there and Facebook. So a positive week for consumer services up four spot, 8%. So you can really see how the dynamic is playing out in markets and areas which are expected to do poorly as a result of lockdown measures like energy and industrials were negative on the week. So the theme is definitely playing out with regard to this pickup in cases that we're seeing in the US at the moment. Yes, just demonstrating that, of course, every cloud always does have a silver lining. And you're seeing that sort of similar picture, Asim, in China, aren't we? The consumer discretionary area is very strong. A similar story really in Asia and China, so with consumer discretionary being a really strong performing sector, and particularly e-commerce, which evidently has benefited from the shift to online. So Alibaba, the Chinese e-commerce name, which is the largest company in the emerging markets index, has been a particular beneficiary of the current environment. Last week, it actually became the sixth largest company in the world in terms of market cap, overtaking Facebook in the process, and it's now up 25% since the end of June. That's extraordinary. And not unfair to say that the Chinese domestic market is on a tear at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So we've seen the Chinese equity market rally significantly over recent weeks, outperforming other major markets, both in Asia, but also globally by significant margin. So last week, the domestic onshore index was up 7.5% over the week, which was its best week in over five years. And really what we've seen in China has the hallmarks of a retail liquidity-driven rally, uh, which, as we've seen previously, the Chinese equity market is accustomed to. We've seen turnover rise sharply, and also margin loans to buy equities have risen to their highest level in five years. This investor activity is really being driven by liquidity being abundant, policy support from the top, but also the state media, which is encouraging the public to buy equities. And this is obviously significant in China, given ownership is so retail focused. So there's definitely a resemblance to 2015, when the market spiked before crashing. Indeed, and that seems to be a recipe for volatility, really. Now, if we could turn to you in the government bond markets, we've seen various forecasters cutting their economic growth forecasts this week. Has that played into the government bond markets? Yes, indeed, Lorna. So last week, government bond indices were positive. So the poor macro environment, particularly in the UK, where you know Moody's, the headline last week was Moody's expect the UK economy to slump by over 10% and debts expect to surge. But this is going to be supportive of government bonds because central banks will continue to purchase bonds to keep the borrowing costs lower to support the macro environment and encourage economic growth. And the investment grade corporate bond market? The rally in corporate bonds continues. So since the end of March, we've seen such a pronounced rally in all developed investment grade corporate bonds as the, the main central banks, Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, they continue their aggressive purchasing programs. The US corporate spreads were about two basis points tighter over the week. And the same was for Euro corporate bonds. So they continue to outperform governments. And any standout sectors there in the investment grade credit? Yeah, broadly positive across all regions. But if you look under the hood, banking and financial paper in the eurozone lag. So they were about 11, about 11 basis points for the week. 
but some of the cyclical sectors like the auto the consumer also energy in the eurozone performed strongly and then in the us the energy sector was a notable underperformer in march where we had this crash in oil price but that has continued to rebound strongly one from the continued level of support from central bank purchasing but also two from seeing this rise in oil prices indeed we have you mentioned financials there and actually if we look on to this week we have the beginning of the us corporate results season and it'll be kicked off by the financials won't it nathan yeah, so if we look at Q2 earnings, uh, so they do kick off this week. Tuesday, we'll have some of the big name financials reporting. So we've got JP Morgan City and Wells Fargo. Also this week, we've got a lot of healthcare companies. So Johnson & Johnson are reporting on Thursday. The market will focus on Netflix because it's been a darling, obviously, of this crisis as people subscribe to online media. So Netflix report on Thursday, so people will be watching that. But if we look at earnings for Q2, they're expected to be bad. So the consensus estimate is minus. 44 spots, 6% for Q2 earnings. And this is off the back of, if you roll back to March, we expected that earnings for Q2 would come in at minus 13.6%. So a big deterioration in expectation for earnings since that point as a result of lockdown. But this should be the worst uh, quarter and you should see improvements from here. So that's silver lining. An interesting few weeks on the US corporate reporting season to come. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you.